Lord God, to all who have been baptized into the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, that as we have put away the old life of sin, so we may be renewed in the spirit of our minds and live in righteousness and true holiness through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Now be seated. Often when we gather for baptisms, which we are doing today, um, often, at least when I'm the preacher, I, I explore the baptismal covenant, the, the, the Apostles' Creed that we will pronounce in a little bit, and then the five, really, I, I focus on the five questions that follow, which is a, a beautiful reminder of how we're supposed to live our lives in response to the grace that God has afforded us. Today, however, I want to ask the question, I want to look at the questions that we're going to ask y'all as parents and godparents, stuff that I, th I think we gloss over often when we do a baptism. Do you renounce the evil powers of the world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior? Do you promise to follow and obey him as Lord? Questions that y'all are going to answer. Logan and, and Parrish, y'all are going to say, I do. Questions that we've either said, I do to, or godparents have said on our behalf. There's six questions in total, and I've captured half of them in my two statements. The first three are claims that there is something that exists in this world that changes us. We have words for that, evil or Satan or sin, but it impacts our lives and it turns us into something that we are not intended to be. Corrupted, maybe. Maybe to some point even destroyed. But then we also acknowledge that the love that we experience in Jesus Christ it calls us out of that life or it restores our life or what we say in our baptismal prayers that we die to sin and find life in Christ. But the point is, is that Jesus Christ is the response to that corrupting or destroying power of evil or sin or brokenness. Now, this is, this is heavy stuff that we're talking about that Maybe we gloss over sometimes evil and, and, and all of that. But if we are to claim what is being said in those prayers, there's also something else that we're claiming. We're claiming that humanity is good and that, that actually in, in Genesis, God says it's very good. But then there is something outside of ourselves that shapes us to not live into that goodness, to be corrupted or destroyed. Now, this is not to say that we don't have the capacity as humans to rebel. We do. We do it all the time. But there is also something outside of us that corrupts and destroys us. And so these questions are powerful reminders of the state of our world. And 
that by following Jesus, by turning to Jesus, we find life and hope and restoration. Reconciliation. Even that we are made whole. Now, the Gospel of Mark is, is the most extinct of all the, the Gospels. You might say there's no wasted words. It's six, 16 short chapters, and, and if we could stand up here and we could read the whole thing out loud in an hour. We get some, we get some detail today, though, about what's really important. In this Gospel, there's no talk of origins Jesus is baptized. He calls his followers. We heard that last week. And here we are in just the 20, 21st verse. In the very first chapter, we are jumping into ministry. But there are some details. A man is being terrorized by an unclean spirit. And Jesus calls that spirit out of the man. And those that are gathered are amazed. At once his fame began to spread throughout the region of Galilee. In Mark's worldview, he sees that there is something, some forces that corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. And that Jesus' authority is what changes that. One of the books that I've come across recently and somehow I missed it when it came out seven years ago, is The Sun Does Shine by Anthony Ray Hinton. Hinton spent nearly three decades falsely imprisoned on death row in Holman State Prison here in Atmore, Alabama, wrongfully convicted of murder here in Jefferson County, convicted probably more on the color of his skin. It is a deeply moving and powerful narrative and while it might not cast the most hopeful light on our justice system, it is a deeply compelling story about love and hope. For the first three years that he spent on death row, Hinton refused to speak. He was silent for three years. So distraught and filled with anger that he could so easily be convicted for something he didn't do. And he writes, I was completely alone. I was full of a hate too big for one little cell. Now, most evenings is described, and, and, and there's a lot of movies that capture this, but most evenings are not silent. They're filled with screams and cries and the banging of bars and, and smells and heat. In one evening in particular, a man began crying. And something opened up in Hinton. As he heard the cries, he realized that he still had some autonomy. He had choices. He writes, despair was a choice. Hatred was a choice. Anger was a choice. Hope was a choice. Faith was a choice. And more than anything else, love was a choice. Compassion was a choice. And Hinton still had choices. Hey, he yelled, are you right over there? Is there something wrong? Silence filled the space, a kind of uncommon occurrence. And a few minutes later, a man responded, 
I just, I just got word that my mom died. And like that, Hinton's heart was broke open. Someone else responded, I'm sorry, man, I'm, I'm really sorry. Other condolences began to fill the wall, and Hinton pulled out the Bible that he hadn't touched in three years. And then he began to ask the man about his mom, listening to, to stories for the next two hours, story after story. A change began in him. He began to open up and listen. He began committed to showing compassion and love to others on death row. He started a book club. <laughs> One of the people that he began close to, that he began talking to, was a man named Henry. Henry Haynes. Hinton later learned, after becoming friends with him, that Henry had been convicted of the last lynching in Alabama in 1981. His father had been rumored to be the head of the Ku Klux Klan. And when Hinton learned just who Henry was, he writes of that night of calling out to him, Henry, what you want, Ray? I just figured out who you are. I didn't know. There was some silence. Henry responded, everything my mom did and my dad, mom and dad taught me was a lie, Ray. Everything they taught me against blacks, it was a lie. Hinton was silent for a moment, responding. You know, just about everything I believe about people, I learned from my mom. Henry responded, so you know what I mean. Hinton said, she taught me to have compassion for everybody, Henry, and I have compassion for you. I'm sorry, sorry your mama and daddy didn't teach you the same. I really am. Henry finished, me too. You was lucky, Ray. You was really lucky. On the next day that was allowed for visiting, Henry also had visitors with him. Henry called Ray over saying, Ray, I want you to meet my father, Benny. Dad, this is Ray Hinton, my friend. His father wouldn't look at him or say hello or shake his hand. And Henry's voice shook. He's my friend, my best friend. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. Love, compassion, care. The forgiving love of Jesus Christ transforms our lives. It is the gift we can offer the world, that we can offer each other, that we can offer those who've been corrupted and destroyed to restore life, to proclaim hope. What Jesus perfectly models, that love and forgiveness and compassion, what Jesus perfectly teaches, and what we have committed to following in our baptism is the only response to the brokenness and the pain and the evil of the world that is worthy of our humanity. 
in our commitment to see God's kingdom made manifest in our world. It is not the alignment of certain ideals or values that we force the world into living out. It is simply the commitment to believe that those who have done us wrong are worthy of our love and compassion. That even on death row, compassion and love have a story. Today, it's only, it's only all that are going to be asked those six questions, but maybe today is a reminder that all of us are asked those same questions. Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? And do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior? And do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? And the answer I do. Amen.